0: Hey, do you hear about that knockout? No. What about that crazy-ass submission? No? Dude, go catch up right now. The entire scoop on Sucker Radio. Go and catch up right now. Go. This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me, pluck from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I seized the door was open, it's the breath of fresh air that I needed, just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst, make connection between fighters and fans, can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it, analyst analysis, study the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist, building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist, spreading the news of MMA. The number one candidate, calibrate levels of greatness as so we collaborate. Mikey Rock and Jeremy brandness. we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans, and this magnanimous jury's out decision, and a yes, it's unanimous. It's, it or not. it's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's
1: Welcome back to yet another awesome episode of Sucker Radio here on MMA Sucker.com. I'm your host as always, Jeremy Brand. i uh, just going to break down the show a little bit before we get into my first guest. We will be joined by Ryan, the real deal for today. He's fighting in the main event at World Series of Fighting 14 this Saturday night against Jake Shields. We'll also have Justin Pirro's Unpopular Opinions. And joining me right now is MMASucker.com's own Callum, Leslie Callum. Thanks for joining me today, man. Jeremy, is always a pleasure. Now, usually when I have you on the show, it's fight week. Um, we go over the news and whatnot. I'm going to change things up a little bit here since we don't have the UFC for quite a while. It is not fight week for UFC. Um we're just going to talk about you a little bit. We might dive into the news a little bit later, but yourself. Um, we've had you on the show numerous times. Uh, we've spoken about it in the past, I believe. But just sort of explain to our listeners again how you got into the sport of MMA.
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of... Uh, I've not been a, an MMA fan for a huge amount of time. I think uh, it's really only... Coming up for like two and a half years. Uh it was Chill sunning and An- Chill Sunning really pulled me in, to be honest. Uh it was Sun and Silver 2. I was flicking through the channels one night and saw, I think it might even have been the countdown show for Sun and Silver 2. Uh the night of be- the night of Sun and Silver 2. Uh on obviously we have a, we don't have it on pay-per-view here, we have it on a, a premium sports channel. So it was it, I didn't have to pay for it. So I was kind of watching and saw this guy, Chill Sun insulting Brazil and Making all these jokes and comments, and I thought this sounds pretty cool because I'm a big pro wrestling fan. Yeah, so that's you know that's where I was coming at it from, and really it sort of it hooked me in, and I thought you know what, I'm not going to stay up till five a.m. watching it because I don't know if I like it yet, <laughs> but I'll I'll put it on the I'll press press the record button and I'll check it out in the morning and. It hooked me in, and you know, even though that fight wasn't—it wasn't the greatest fight ever—but you know, there was some interesting stuff on that show, and all the stuff with Tito Ortiz and Forrest Griffin. I think uh, probably the most memorable thing as a as a wrestling fan watching MMA for the first time from the actual show was probably Forrest Griffin grabbing the mic at the end of his fight with Tito Ortiz and interviewing Tito about whether or not he was actually going to retire. Of course, we know that's not true (laughs) now. In hindsight, but yeah, so from there, I just kind of was watching on and off a little bit for the first couple of months and then got really into it uh, around the time GSP came back. Because, again, I'm a sucker for a good storyline, and a comeback storyline is one of the best. So uh, GSP, Carlos Condit, UFC, one... Help me out.
1: Uh, One... GSP, Carlos Condit, was it not one... It was a teen card, I believe, was it not...
2: Is it fifty four? It maybe will be fifty four. Uh, uh, I've got I've got that in my in my <laughs> head. I'm right. I'm right. It was you UFC one fifty four. Yes. And uh, Johnny Hendricks Martin Campen was on that card. Um, Ivan Menjivar was on that card. Now Ivan Menjavar, Here's a funny story because Ivan Menjavar is one of, was one of my fighters that I knew because he was on the main card of UFC one forty eight. So when it came to watch UFC one fifty four, I was like, aha. I know that guy (laughs) he was on a main card he must be really good it turns out he's not that good but uh there you go so that's kind of from there sort of that November 2012 rolling into the new year I uh I'd always been kind of interested in journalism I was working as a a student journalist covering student politics and uh in the arts festivals here in Edinburgh and then I just I started my own blog. I started Grapple Talk, and it's funny because Grapple Talk has gone through so many incarnations over the last couple of years to where it is now. It was originally a MMA and pro wrestling blog um, because I was looking for an opportunity to to write about those things and thought, well, let's just do it myself. Um, eventually, I phased out the pro wrestling after uh, taking a break from it for a little while. Decided to concentrate on the MMA and keep the pro wrestling. As kind of out of it, and keep that to my other podcast, which is answering the ten count. One of my other podcasts, uh, which is kind of a, just a a fun podcast with me and two two pals talking about the weekend wrestling, yeah. shooting the shit, as it were, and uh, you know keep that the wrestling to that. So from there, I started writing a little bit more with the MMA, got a little bit better noticed, and then uh, the and it ended up that a couple of guys that I knew were launching a site called Place to Be Nation. Which is a, an all around pop culture site, a really good site with some really really talented writers, um, based on the Place to Be podcast, which is a wrestling podcast. Uh, so that's kind of how I knew them. Two really good guys, Justin and Scott and Brad, who was setting up the website. I went to them and said, "Look, I think your website should have MMA on it. Uh, I've been running an MMA blog for the last six months, and it's gone pretty well. Here's some here's some of my stuff. Why didn't I? You know, I shut my blog." come on board with you guys and run your MMA section. So we ended up doing that for about six months, started the grapple top podcast there, which was originally kind of the same format as sucker radio. It was an an interviews based podcast. I would generally have one or two fighters and then a journalist on to analyze stuff. I mean, I interviewed guys like Rashad Evans, uh, Alex Gustafson, uh, Brendan Schaub. I had guys on the show like, like Luke Thomas, uh, Mike Chia uh kevin aioli was on the show so i i I had a lot of great fun with that podcast and then around the turn of the year uh, is when we started talking
1: yeah are you surprised at all that i mean as a journalist who got in so late that you've done so well for yourself thus far
2: (laughs) um to be honest i think a lot of it is just uh being ballsy i guess i mean (laughs) you know when when we first started talking i think if I, I believe the last piece I wrote in Place to Be Nation which was the one that caught your attention was the one about the uh, UK TV deal and the fact that the show that they were planning in London wasn't didn't actually have a TV slot until yeah. about two weeks before um, and no one had really known about this and I you know, got the, the TV company and the UFC to comment and you, were, you just said you liked my stuff and I was like well if you like it why don't you hire me um, basically <laughs> and somehow you said yes I'm not entirely sure how um, but yeah, so I started writing for you in January and have been doing that ever since January of, uh, yeah, January of this year. Um, I had for a couple of months before that been writing for fighting spirit magazine. Um, I started doing that in October of twenty of last year. So I've been doing that for about a year. Um, all they do for the, for the UFC's event reports so I have, I have done, I've done one feature for them, uh, again, a UK MMA piece on Gary Cook they don't they they're mostly a pro wrestling magazine so there's not a huge amount of scope for that but i do write for them most months um and then the grapple top podcast evolved into uh, during the later stages of place to be nation myself and sean smith who i really just met through having him on the podcast uh really enjoyed chatting to him of course a former mma sucker employee didn't that i didn't know at the time um we you know we started talking and we eventually decided you know let's just do this podcast the two of us for an hour a week, um, kind of tailored off a little bit to when I was doing my final exams and he was starting a new job. Um, we obviously wanted to kick it back in and bring it over to to MMA Sucker.
1: Yeah, now it, it's gone through a bit of a growth spurt. It's it's changed its format a little bit. Why don't you just talk about Grapple Talk podcast because. I listen to it week in, week out, when you have it on and and I really enjoy the new format that you guys could have going.
2: Yeah, so what we try to do is uh we we didn't really do it this this past ep- this past week, but uh what we try to do is it's just the two of us. We sit around, we talk about the big things happening in MMA and try and put po- try and put everything in context and, and analyze things in a way that, you know, if you were new to MMA, that it would help you understand what was going on. But also if you're, you know, a hardcore MMA fan, that you understand a little bit more about what the the, the place in the MMA universe of what the of what you're watching and of the news that you're watching. So, you know, when we talked about uh, Kung Lee, we talked about what that means for the UFC's drug testing program, what that means for drug testing in the sport, what it means going forward and what people might see Going forward, and I think and I do this in the the other sports that I write about. It's really important to put things in context, and you know, far too many people are, are guilty of just looking at things in isolation and reporting on things without providing the context of what it means in sport. Full stop, and within the sport that you're writing about.
1: So let me ask you this then: uh, going forward, one thing, where do you do you think the the sport of MMA has hit a bit of a stump? In the road right now or a split in the road right now and and they're doing too many events and things like that and and you know the decline do you feel it's sort of the decline of mma at the moment
2: it, it's hard to say I, I don't know whether or not decline or rise is even the right thing to say about mma at the moment i think mma is just it's so established and here and state and in some ways very stable uh compared to where it was a few years ago it's I think it's certainly evolving. Um, you know, we see that with with fight pass and online cards, online streaming of cards, cards purely for an online audience. Uh, prelims that are supposed to be on TV, them saying, "Well, we'll just we'll throw them online as well, so the online fans can watch them." If you don't have that TV channel, Fox Sports Two, which a lot of people don't have, I think the Fox Sports deal moving away from FX has been very important for them to establish themselves and really become a bit more secure even though they maybe aren't doing as good ratings on fox sports as they were on fx
1: all right you said that you have some other stuff going on as well as mma you you write about wrestling you said in the past um i know you have some e-gamer thing that you do as well (laughs) i'm not too sure i'm not caught up on that but why don't you talk about some of the other stuff you're doing in this online universe
2: yeah, for sure. So, uh, the other big project I work for is, is GosuGamers.net, which is the largest uh, esports news site uh, in the world. So, esports being competitive video games, basically. Um, things like Dota 2, League of Legends, uh, Counter Strike, StarCraft, and the sport which I primarily work on, which is Hearthstone, which is uh, an online card game effectively by the, the makers of World of Warcraft. Um, it's kind of a slower paced esport compared to something like Starcraft or Street Fighter or Counter-Strike but it's uh again it, it just gives me those really good opportunities to analyze stuff and and think about things as they're happening and and put things in context. Um esports is kind of I'm trying to think where it is in terms of, you know, where MMA is, it's certainly quite a few years behind in terms of the coverage of the sport. So you know, we ju- we just launched a podcast on Ghost of Gamers called Hearth Center, which is a play on Sports Center, um, which is kind of the same as the original Grapple Talk. It interviews players and interviews personalities from the from the from the sport to try and put things in context and and analyze the scene as a whole. Because we have all these different tournaments, and people will report, okay, well, this guy beat this guy, he takes home this much money, uh, and this tournament's now over. Well how important was that tournament? Was that a big tournament? How important was that win for that guy? We, you know, we had a, a tournament in China this past weekend and it was the, you know, the final was contested by two guys who didn't qualify for the world championship. So this was the biggest prize pool they could take on this year. And that's the kind of context that you put that match in and make people understand really what's going on in the sport. I'm doing a little bit of journalism as well. I'm actually working on a, a fun little story right now. Another tournament that took place in China, an American guy won, uh, 35000 dollars wow was the was the the prize it was a hundred thousand yen um, and they just handed it to him in a, in cash in a suitcase um so this guy tried to, was flying home to America um, and because he's far too honest he declared it at customs and the Chinese government confiscated oh. it so he oh, won thirty five thousand dollars but he hasn't got his money so we're trying to chase that up and and chase up with the, the Chinese organizers work with the team that he play, that he plays for to, to get that moving but you know that's the kind of journalism that there isn't a lot of in eSports so there's a lot of really interesting opportunities there um, and perhaps I, li- I like the contrast of that compared to what is a very crowded MMA uh, journalistic sphere. Um, lots of people writing the same news from the same press releases and it's very difficult to, to stand out.
1: Yeah, for sure. You sort of boggled my mind there. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to dive too deep into that anymore. I'm just going to... One more thing I wanted to talk to you about, not yourself. This is news um, from this past week of MMA. Um, we see that UFC Hall of Famer Royce Gracie, who I'm a huge fan of, has joined Bellator as a national brand ambassador. Did this surprise you at all?
2: no. Jeremy, first things first. When you when this press release landed in our respective inboxes, how much have you thought, well, you know, if they sign Tito and they'll sign Rampage and they want to sign Kimbo, why am I not surprised they've signed Hoist Gracie? Who is he fighting? <laughs> Hoist, Hoist Gracie, Tito Ortiz, book it now. Um, no, he's not fighting, sadly. Sadly. Not yet, at, not, not, not yet, at least. One. Exactly. How old's Bob Sapp, anyway? Um, <laughs> yeah, but
1: those are all, yeah. I guess if you want Bellator to turn into a throne contest bout or something like that, uh, yeah, no.
2: (laughs) No, I think this is... uh, I'm not sure how much it actually does for Bellator in the long run. It will be interesting to see how much play he gets because he's been out of the limelight for a few years. I'm not sure he even has the same cachet in the media, outside of the MMA media, that even a T. Ortiz or or even a Rampage Jackson has, I think... He's probably, you know, at best, the second biggest star they have. He's certainly not going to do more for them than T Ortiz is. Um, because Tito Ortiz is a, a pop culture star. He's a guy who's, he you know, was on wrestling, he was on TV shows, particularly in the Spike era. He did very well for the UFC and, and establishing himself as a figure. Hoist Gracie, I'm not sure how many people outside of hardcore MMA, you know, really know him as a star. Because when you look back at the era he was in, he was there in the very early stages, only until... Uh, UFC four was his last yeah. uh, UFC event, apart from the fight with Matt Hughes at UFC sixty something. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to guess that one, but it was around UFC sixty that he came back and had that one-off fight with Matt Hughes. Apart from that, he fought in Japan, and really, does the mainstream media is are they aware of MMA that went on in Japan? I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, I know. I I agree with you there. I don't see. Exactly what this is gonna do for Bellator, if anything, I mean he's a name he's a big name in the sport, but uh it's not it's not something that's gonna you know turn over more dollars for them.
2: I think the it, something that could work for them is if he you know and I'm not even entirely sure how good his connections within the m o e world still are if he is still involved in in gyms and in training prospects, it could perhaps open up a, a small new pipeline of, of prospects for Bellator coming through that maybe you know Heist Gracie can send them Bellator's way. Other than that, I'm not entirely sure what this achieves, and I hope they aren't paying him too much money.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Callum, for joining me today. Uh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you, whether it's MMA or this Gosu Gamers thing. Uh, just let <laughs> people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe.
2: Sure, my MMA Twitter is CallumLeslieMMA if you want to find me for anything else. If you are a big fan of esports or wrestling or politics or any of the other crap like acclimatizing my new cat, I talk about that on my other Twitter account, at CLeslie92. Uh, yeah, and that's where you can find me.
1: Thanks a lot, Callum. Have a great day, man. You too. That was awesome. Uh, it was cool diving in to something sort of other than, you know going over an event talking breaking news we did that with the hoist gracie thing but it was sort of cool to talk to callum about how he got into the sport and his other side projects other than mixed martial arts and mmasucka.com so uh thanks to callum for that that was a lot of fun and up next we have as always well not as always but the segment unpopular opinions with justin Pirot.
0: You got an opinion? It doesn't matter. Justin Pirro doesn't give a shit about yours. Up next, Unpopular Opinions, here on Sucker Radio.
3: Hey everybody, it's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more Unpopular Opinions, here on Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com. First off, wow, I think we've really underestimated Rick's story. After seeing what he did to Gunnar Nelson at UFC Stockholm on Saturday, I really think it's time for us to reevaluate Story's position in the welterweight division. I mean, we do have to remember he's got a win over Johnny Hendricks, and, you know, a guy with that kind of heart, tr- finally training at a decent camp, that being the MMA lab, you know, we can't really count the guy out anymore. Uh, we got to start taking him a little more seriously, and, uh, You know, let's give him a top-ten fight next. Let's see him against Matt Brown. I think that'd be a fun little bit of ultraviolence. Secondly, Kung Lee testing positive for HGH and his appeals. Look, Victor Conti is not the most reliable voice of dissent here. I, quite frankly, he comes off as something of the you know? His business proposal did not get accepted by the UFC, Vada will likely not be used for the UFC's enhanced out-of-competition random drug testing regime. So I can see why he'd be unhappy with the UFC and willing to jump onto Kung Lee's side whenever he's been jumping all over the UFC for their PED problems. That said, the issue with the fact that the lab in Hong Kong that they used, discarding the sample of Kung Lee that was used to get the positive HGH results, that's just, that's bad form. And I think the UFC took for granted that this lab would be using WADA standards for, uh, you know, the keeping of samples. You know, it shouldn't have been disposed of after one week. And for the most, for what, from what I've seen, for the fact that the UFC busted a guy who, quite frankly, is fan-friendly and a guy that they wouldn't want to lose... I got to think that there's some legitimacy to this. And yeah, my daughter's even grumbling here. She's here with me as I record. She's she's a little grumbly on this whole matter, but uh yeah. I got to say I think the UFC is partially at fault for not mandating in their contract and taking for granted that the sa- that the sample would be stored. But other than that, we'll have to see how this plays out. Hopefully the UFC allows an appeal to Kung Lee and this can be dealt with in a transparent, orderly manner. And finally, this is just a pet peeve, but as much as I enjoy the work of Tommy Toehold, can we stop with the parody accounts? I don't need to see Normal Anderson or Stone Cold Stepe or Sun God Sigal or Nick Diaz 209-what... See, and my daughter agrees. It's tired. It's hackneyed. Let the professional cartoon do the work. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, In the past few days, Jonathan Snowden over at Bleacher Report put out this idea based on the whole Nina Ansarov doing a Kickstarter to get funding to pay for her medicals. But I think that the idea of the UFC giving fighters a stipend to live is actually not a bad idea, you know. Twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a month. You know, if they're going to pay for the random enhanced drug testing, it's really not a bad idea. And I was listening to the co-main event podcast from uh, Chad Dundas and Ben Folks, and they they actually suggested taking the funds for that out uh, away from the UFC's performance bonuses and then uh, using that to pay a stipend to all the fighters on the roster, giving them a minimum base pay. It's something worth considering. And while I don't think the performance bonuses should go away, as they do provide a great incentive for fighters, I do like the idea of a stipend for these fighters to live on. All right. That's all for me. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Brand. Like me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stormland. Let me hear your complaints and grievances. All right. Back to you, Jeremy.
1: A good one as always with Justin. Thank you very much, my friend, for uh, giving us another edition of Unpopular Opinions. Uh, up next, we are joined by... One half of the WSOF 14 main event, Ryan, the real deal, Ford, right after this. He is set to take on Jake Shields in the main event this Saturday night at World Series of Fighting 14. Please welcome one of Canada's best welterweights, Ryan, the real deal, Ford, to Sucker Radio. Ryan, thanks for joining the show today,
4: man. Hey, man. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: Definitely. Now, let's get right into it. How great does it feel to be headlining the biggest fight of your career in front of your hometown.
4: Man, it feels awesome. You know, uh, it's going to be a good show. Um, You know, got a top 10 uh, contender, as in Jake Shields, and, um, you know, biggest fight card and biggest main event in Edmonton history, for sure.
1: Definitely. Now, as I said, you'll be taking on UFC veteran Jake Shields in this bout. We all know what his game is. He likes to grind his opponents round after round. Looking at your record, though, you've only been to the judges' scorecards three times in your 26 professional fights. Um, how exactly do you prepare for a guy that is likely going to try, the, try to make this a three-round war?
4: Um, man, you know, just focus on what i got to do in the fight. And, um, you know, me, uh, as soon as that cage door closes, you know, I- I'm a guy that likes to finish fights. So that's what I'm going to be trying to do now i'm sure
1: I'm sure you've seen a ton of Jake's fights. There's no surprises with him. Do you, however, see any glaring weaknesses in his game that you'll try to exploit? I'm sure staying on the feet is is gonna be mostly your game plan.
4: yeah, well, you know with jake um you know he's specialist at one thing and that's uh jujitsu so um obviously you know um that's not a place where you would want to go but you know i feel comfortable wherever this fight goes whether you know well at the end of the day you know when the cage door closes we start on the feet so um you know if i can keep it on the feet i believe everything will go my way and you know if it does go to the ground you know i'm a great scrambler and i'm very athletic so um you know i'm pretty sure i'll be able to work myself up and do what i've got to do
1: where where have you been doing most of your training for this fight have you been at TriStar
4: for this camp Oh yeah, I've been there. Uh, I just actually got home yesterday, so I've been at TriStar for about uh, 8 weeks for this training camp. And um yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to putting it on. So, who um
1: at TriStar has really been sort of emulating Jake Shield's style for you?
4: Uh well, you know, that that's the thing we got a lot of guys down at TriStar like, you know, sparring days, you know, there's about 30 guys on the mat. So, um you know, there's there's lots of guys who fit the same type of style as um, as Jake, and then you know, and then we got you know a lot of guys who um, may not be um, the same style as Jake, but you know, they push you to that uh, to that limit. So um, you know that that that's the biggest thing about TriStar is that there's a style for every fighter that you're going to fight in the gym.
1: For sure. Now, will for us be in your corner?
4: Um, no, unfortunately not. He won't be in my corner. He's going to be, uh, he has a seminar, but, um, you know, one of my close friends and one of my, uh, training partners and a guy who's been in my corner a lot, um, uh, Cajun Johnson. He'll be, uh, coming down to corner me. And, um, you know, he, he knows the way I like to fight and, you know, he knows the fight game. So, um, you know, my corner's, uh, you know, my corner is always good for me.
1: Nice. Now this, this fight, as I said, your biggest fight to date. It's not only your biggest opponent to date, but heck, it's going to be broadcast on NBC Sports Network in the states. Does does that put any added pressure on your shoulders at all?
4: No, not at all, man. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing that you know a lot of people in the U.S. that you know haven't been uh, prone to the real deal are gonna <laughs> see who I am
1: i know they have seen some highlight footage of you though especially your last outing
4: yeah for sure you know they replayed that on nbc so you know they they know what i step in that cage and they know what i'm about to do
1: now this this fight is uh it's not a five round bout correct
4: no it's a three round
1: and since you you do hold the world series of fighting canada welterweight championship um this fight, because it's I guess Canada versus U.S., the belt is not on the line, right?
4: No, it's not on the line because uh, he's American and I have the Canadian title.
1: So, will there be a crossover at all the other way? Like, will you have the opportunity to fight for their their welterweight championship?
4: Um. Well, yeah, you know, I'm not looking past Jake Shields, but I'm pretty sure, um, you know, when I win. That, uh, you know, I'll be the number one challenger since, uh, you know, this is a World Series of fighting um, USA card. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, right now I'm just uh, looking at, uh, you know, the task at hand, which is Jay Shield and whatever happens after that happens.
1: Okay, so not looking ahead, but sort of something else that I wanted to ask you. You're undefeated since 2011, currently riding a six-fight winning streak. Do you have any goals not looking ahead of Jake Shields but do you have any goals that you've not yet accomplished in your MMA career?
4: Making a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, you know what No, right now, you know, I'm I'm uh I I'm pretty um I'm I'm pretty happy of what uh, you know, the way my uh, career's been going. Um, you know, I've I've been able to um, you know, live uh, live off of fighting, you know, feed my family and provide for them off of fighting due to um you know all the sponsors that I have that um you know support me um in this journey and um you know and to like the marketing promoting that I do for myself um I believe that's a big thing that uh you know that's made me want to stay fighting because you know I do make good money and um yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way my career is going, but I'll be a lot happier after Saturday night when I beat a guy who's in the top 10.
1: For sure. Now, I'm I'm not going to talk about your past at all. That's been said and done. Previous interviews over the past few years, numerous times, but I'm sure your record and all that stuff definitely has you on the UFC's radar. You've fought for every other promotion out there. The UFC has to be chomping at the bit to get you. Um, but you can't fight in the States. Are you content with fighting all your fights in Canada or would you like to branch out? I mean, you you at least branch out of Alberta a little more because you've only fought outside of the province twice.
4: Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, um, biggest thing for me, you know, like I said many times before, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. (laughs) So, uh, you know, um, right now, uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And, you know, I've you know, i been fighting here, you know, pretty much my whole career. So, you know, I have no problem with fighting in front of my fans. You know, and it depends if, you know, if World Series goes to a different market in Canada or whatnot. But, you know, if I do get that chance, you know, to break out into the U.S., yeah, for sure. But, you know, everything has got to make sense to me. And, you know, me fighting at home makes a lot of sense because, you know, I'm a big ticket seller, Um, so you know I make a a lot of money. I I make more money off of my ticket selling than a lot of guys do making a purse in Canada.
1: Wow, you can. Do you have a tough time finding fights inside Canada? I mean, there's you. As I said, you've only fought twice in other provinces. You're now signed to World Series of Fighting, but is it tough for them to find you fights in Canada? I know for a lot of prospects up here in British Columbia, it's tough for them to find fights up here in BC.
4: Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't really have a tough time, um, finding fights in Canada because, you know, there's a lot of guys up there that, you know, they want to take that spot and they know if they beat the real deal, you know, that'll catapult their, um, uh, you know, their name in this MMA game. So, um, you know, I haven't really had, um, uh, a problem with finding fights. Uh, you know, the promoters do a good job and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mostly fighting americans if i don't get any some if somebody from canada so um yeah that's that's uh that's a thing you know a lot a lot of guys you know seem to have trouble finding fights but you know is that because they're trying to pick their fights or you know there's 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 a lot of inside uh, inside stuff that people don't know
1: for sure now would you like to be more active
4: man i've, I've been pretty active i i'm in this the game for seven years now, and I fought twenty six fights. Um, you know, so uh, you know, I, I try to aim for three fights a year. Obviously, you know, I've been, I, I came off um, a couple injuries, you know, this this last year and whatnot. That's you know, that's made me you know, been only to fight a couple times a year. But um, you know, like I said, uh, me fighting a couple times a year is enough to uh, you know to uh, to get by by the money that I make here fighting here. So, um, you know, if, if the chances get out that, uh, you know, that I can fight more, oh, I'd love to, right? But um, it just depends on, you know, the fight that I had before that.
1: Now, moving away from this fight and, and sort of the fighting altogether, I know you're a huge family man. I've seen your Facebook posts. I remember chatting with you back in the day in Victoria when you were training at, at Zuma, and Sarah Kaufman was actually watching one of your little ones. Um, is there a fighting spirit in your children?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, my son, this kid's going to be something else. He's, uh, you know, he's only three years old, but, um, you know, he he was hitting pads when he was uh, 14 months, I believe. And then, you know, he's three years old now. He's riding dirt bikes with no training wheels, (laughs) um, you know, doing push-ups, sit-ups, all that type of stuff. And uh you know my daughter she's uh you know she she she's a girl she's uh she's into more of the cheerleading and the singing and stuff like that but um you know they know daddy's a fighter and you know they uh they give that support cuz you know daddy's going to whoop some butt when it comes time to
1: Do you let them watch your fights?
4: Um yes actually uh you know my son he he always wants to my daughter on the other hand she's a little you know She'll she'll watch it for a little bit on TV, but I don't know. I I don't really know if she's into it that much. But my son, for sure, he's like, "Dad, I got to watch your fight on TV." Like, you know, if if we're walking by uh, Future Shop and there's fights on TV, bang, he stops at the TV. (laughs) Dad, dad, look, you know, so he he knows what he, he knows what it's about.
1: Nice. Now, other than hanging with the family, what's one thing that your fans might not know about you that you enjoy doing in your spare time?
4: Um. Man, I'm a dirt devil, so you know, I like uh you know, this past summer I, I got back, my son's been into the dirt biking, so I picked him up a little P W fifty Yamaha dirt bike and you know, daddy had to get one too, so um, you know, I like uh I like the extreme sports. Um, you know, uh, this past summer me and him been out dirt biking probably, you know, every other day. So that's that's a thing that I like to do and um you know it's uh probably dangerous for what i do for a living but uh you know you got to live life to the fullest
1: no kidding and we know winter's coming up in especially in edmonton alberta um any winter sports you partake in
4: um yeah man i we go out skating uh you know i i, I get on the ice i play hockey um yeah my neighbor's a big snow um a snowmobiling guy and i'm pretty sure this uh winter he's gonna want to take me up to the mountains with them and get on their uh their snowmobiles, so uh, I'll probably uh, do that and uh you know, I kinda stay away from the skiing and snowboarding. Um, but uh you never know, right? I might get back out there. I lived in B C so I was always up over at uh Mount what is it? Mount uh Mount Robson.
1: Or there, there's Seymour, there's Cypress, Mount Seymour, yeah,
4: Mount Seymour. We were up there all the time snowboarding and stuff, so yeah, man, you know. Whatever uh, you know, I like it because you know when I'm off for that off time, whatever it is, uh, you know that the kids want to do, and you know it's going to be fun. Let's go do it.
1: Nice. Now, just two more questions for you here. It is fight week. You've obviously been you're, you're leading up to that weight cutting period before Saturday night. What is the one piece of food you're going to indulge in after this fight winning performance?
4: I don't think I could say one piece. <laughs> <laughs> I could pretty much say everything. <laughs> it's been a long training camp been a lot of clean food being eaten. So, um, you know, uh, one thing. Well, Do you have a go-to a-
1: meal? I know some guys like – I know Michael Chandler I heard right after weigh-ins, he likes to eat Chipotles. I mean, some guys have their go-to meals – immediately after the fight or immediately after weigh-ins kind of thing? Is there anything that you you have that's sort of routine for you?
4: Uh, well, yeah, the next day, I'm like a big breakfast guy. So, you know, I like the pancakes, the French toast, the bacon, the waffles, the milkshakes, um, you know, so I'm a big breakfast guy. But other than that, too, you know, I'm a big burger guy. So I'll probably be hitting up a spot for a nice double cheeseburger <laughs> Uh, you know, not, not from McDonald's or Dairy Queen, you know, you go hit up one of those, uh, one of the restaurants, um, you know, those diners and yeah. man, I tell you, those, those, the, the diners have the best burgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, finally, you've punched a shit ton of people in the face, but if you had the opportunity to hit anybody in the world, living or dead in the face, who would that be and why?
4: Ah, uh, who the hell want a punch in the face? And it doesn't even
1: have to be a fighter, man.
4: Yeah, no, no, no. Um, man.
1: Man, I stumped the guy who loves to
4: talk. Yeah, you know, because, yeah. Um, punch a guy in the face. See, it's kind of hard because, you know, I'm used to punching guys in the face every day. So, <laughs> you know, to choose one guy to punch in the face, I don't really, um, you know, I. I don't really have anybody who's pissing me off <laughs> lately. There you go. You it's going to
1: be Jake Shields.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. And the next guy I'm going to be punching in the face is Jake Shields. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anybody that I would like to punch in the face, um, you know, nobody's really said anything stupid towards me lately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is Ryan, the real deal for He's set to do battle in the main event at WSOF 14 this Saturday night. Ryan, Thanks a bunch for joining me, man. And as a guy who is very active on social media, just let listeners know where they can get a hold of you in that universe.
4: Um, you could uh, check me out on Twitter at Ryan Ford MMA. Um, I'm on Instagram, realdeal Seven Eight Zero, and Facebook. You can try and add me up as a friend, but I think I got too many damn friends on there as Ryan Ford. Or hit up my um, uh, Ryan the Real Deal Ford athlete page. Thanks a bunch, Ryan, and good luck this Saturday night, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: It always shocks me when I talk to Ryan Ford about how calm he is. Uh, The calm before the storm, you might say, because this guy is as flashy as they come. uh, A knockout artist. He's won by submission as well. Uh, We're in for a treat in this main event at World Series of Fighting 14 with him and Jake Shields, it it definitely is not going to be boring. We know Shields' style, as I said during that interview, but Ryan Ford is not going to make it a boring fight whatsoever. So thank you to Ryan Ford for that little interview um, leading up to this Friday or Saturday's event in Edmonton, Alberta. Thank you to Callum Leslie for joining the show earlier on, kicking things off, talking about his. Um, upbringing in the sport of mixed martial arts, if you might, um, his Gosu Gamers stuff. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you follow Ryan Ford on Twitter as well. And thank you to Justin Pirro for his unpopular opinions, as always. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening to Sucker Radio this week. Thank you to my sponsor, On It. Head on over to onit.com. Enter in the coupon code MMA Sucker. That's S U C K A, not S U C K E R. MMA Sucka, and you will get 10% off your entire supplement purchase. They have everything from Alpha Brain to T Plus, which I'm taking right now, which I'm loving. Um, and just head on over to onnit.com and check out what they have in their supplement department and everywhere else. And with the coupon code MMA Sucka at onnit.com, you will receive 10% off your entire supplement purchase. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucka. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Um, you can keep up with my other work on VanCityBuzz.com. And uh, with that, I'm out.